Welcome to Manna for Breakfast, the daily Bible reading devotional which chronologically takes you through the Word of God from Genesis to Revelation in one year. Grab a cup of coffee and your Bible and join us as we journey together through God's Word. Good morning, everyone. Welcome. Well, let's see what we're doing for temperature today. Has 76 degrees, normal. Uh, low was 71. We are not quite down into the 60s and the low 60s as we normally starting to get this time of year. Kind of a little bit warm, but be that as may, still pretty. So let's look over into this day in trivia. Here is a, uh, <laughs> a today's puzzle for you on the page. How is a room full of married couples like an empty room? Because there's not a single person in it. There you go. It's true. Um, What happened on this day? The blue marble, December 7th, 1972. The first color photo of the full earth taken by Apollo 17. One of the most reproduced images in history. It is a round globe. Hmm, who knew? Flight of the last NASA moon landing missions was the last time humans have ever set foot on the moon. Apollo 17. And it might be true, might not. I think there's some goofy secret stuff the government does. They may have sent another flight or two up there that we don't know about. First pneumatic rubber tire, 1888, by John Boyd Dunlop. So we've got Dunlop, Dunlop tires. That's because he's the first guy that invented it for, he actually patented it for his bicycle for, I think he says his son's tricycle. Yeah, made it for his kid. Good for him. And very sad day in history for us today was the bombing of Pearl Harbor, December 7th, 1941. The Hawaiian U.S. Naval Base Pearl Harbor is attacked by Japanese, killing 2,402 people, sinking four U.S. battleships and destroying 188 U.S. aircraft. Japanese only lost 29 aircraft and five midget submarines. 64 of their servicemen were killed or captured. Japan announced a declaration of war on the U.S. later that day. And the U.S. declared war on Japan the following day. Because Japan attacked without a declaration of war, this act was later declared as a war crime. With Franklin D. Roosevelt calling it a date which live in infamy. All the sunk battleships were raised except the USS Arizona, the six of the eight damaged ships returned to service. Wow, I didn't know that. Six of the eight. So they only really totally, total lost two ships. Japan made a severe tactical error, error in overestimating the importance of battleships in the upcoming war, thereby focusing on destroying them, the battleships, instead of the repair yards or the oil tank farms or the submarine base or the administration building, which housed the... Krypton phyllitic unit, cryptography, I guess, all of which are vital, were vital to the war effort in the Pacific. While battleships were vital to previous wars, their slow speed and high fuel consumption limited their usefulness in World War II, whereas submarines and aircraft carriers proved superior in modern warfare. None 
of the specific fleet aircraft carriers were in port at Pearl Harbor at the time of the attacks. There you go. Well, let's jump over to a dad joke. Hmm. <laughs> this is really appropriate. I got carded at a liquor store and my Blockbuster card accidentally fell out. The cashier said, never mind. Um, my laughers weren't ready on that one. It's true. <laughs> hmm. What do you call a poor Santa Claus? St. <laughs> Nicholas. That's true, too. All right. So, Daniel 4, if you guys want to move over there. Father, thank you for this morning, and thank you for bringing us together. We look forward to what you want to show us and detail, God, even in these prophecies and these things in the Old Testament, how they relate to our life today, how they apply, and the things even that are coming in the future. In Jesus' name, amen. So let me get my last cup of coffee. The, the um, throat's doing better. Not nasal passage is doing better. I'll be very happy if we can go through this whole morning without the congestion coming back. But we shall see. Daniel chapter 4. Nebuchadnezzar, the king to all the peoples, nations, and men of every language that live in all the earth, may your peace abound. It seems good to me to declare the signs and wonders which the Most High God has done for me. How great are his signs and how mighty are his wonders. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. And his dominion is from generation to generation. I, Nebuchadnezzar, was at my ease in my house and flourishing in my palace. And I saw a dream and it made me fearful and these fantasies as I lay on my bed and the visions in my mind kept alarming me. So I gave orders to bring into my presence all the wise men of Babylon that they might make known to me the interpretation of the dream. Then the magicians, the conjurers, the Chaldeans, the diviners came in and I related the dream to them, but they could not make its interpretation known to me. But finally, Daniel came in before me, whose name is Belteshazzar, according to the name of my God, and in whom is the spirit of the holy gods. And I related the dream to him, saying, O Belteshazzar, chief of the magicians, since I know that a spirit of the holy gods is in you, and no mystery baffles you, Tell me the visions of my dream, which I have seen, along with its interpretation. Now these were the visions in my mind as I lay in my bed. I was looking, and behold, there was a tree in the midst of the earth, and its height was great. The tree grew large and became strong, and its height reached to the sky, and it was visible to the end of the whole earth. Its foliage was beautiful, and its fruit abundant, and in it was food for all. The beasts of the field found shade under it and the birds of the sky dwelt in its branches. And all living creatures fed themselves from it. I was looking in the visions in my mind and as I lay on my bed, and behold, an angelic watcher, a holy one, descended from heaven. He shouted out and spoke as follows, chop down the tree and cut off its branches, strip off its foliage and scatter its fruit. Let the beasts flee from under it, and the birds from its branches, yet leave the stump with its roots in the ground. 
but with a band of iron and bronze around it in the new grass of the field, and let him be drenched with the dew of heaven, and let him share with the beasts of the grass of the earth. Let his mind be changed from that of a man, and let the beast's mind be given to him, and let seven periods of time pass over him. This sentence is by the decree of the angelic watchers, and the decision is a command of the holy ones in order that the living may know that the Most High is ruler over the realm of mankind and bestows on it whom he wishes he sets over it the lowliest of men. This is the dream which I, King Nebuchadnezzar, have seen. Now you, Belteshazzar, tell me its interpretation, insomuch as none of the wise men of my kingdom is able to make known to me the interpretation. But you were able, for the Spirit of the holy gods is in you. Verse 19. Then Daniel, whose name is Belteshazzar, was appalled. For a while, as his thoughts alarmed him, the king responded and said, Belteshazzar, do not let the dream and its interpretation alarm you. Belteshazzar replied, My lord, if only the dream applied to those who hate you and its interpretation to your adversaries. The tree that you saw, which became large and grew strong, whose height reached to the sky and was visible to all the earth, and whose foliage was beautiful, and its fruit abundant, and in which was food for all, under which the beasts of the field dwelt, and in whose branches the birds of the sky lodged, it is you, O king, for you have become great and grown strong, and your majesty has become great, and reached to the sky, and your dominion to the end of the earth. In that the king saw an angelic watcher, a holy one, descending from heaven, and saying, Chop down the tree and destroy it, Yet leave the stump and its roots in the ground, but with a band of iron and bronze around it in the dew of the grass of the field, and let him be drenched with the dew of heaven, and let him share with the beasts of the field until seven periods of time pass over him. This is the interpretation, O king, and this is the decree of the Most High, which has come upon my lord the king, that you be driven away from mankind, and your dwelling place be with the beasts of the field, and you be given grass to eat like cattle, and be drenched with the dew of heaven, and seven periods of time will pass over you until you recognize that the Most High is ruler over the realm of mankind, and bestows it on whomever he wishes. And in that it was commanded to leave the stump with the roots of the grass, your kingdom will be assured to you after you recognize that it is heaven that rules. Therefore, O king, may my advice be pleasing to you. Break away now from your sins by doing righteousness and from your iniquities by showing mercy to the poor in case there may be a prolonging of your prosperity. Verse 28. All this happened in Nebuchadnezzar the king. Twelve months later, he was walking on his roof on the royal palace of Babylon. The king reflected and said, Is this not Babylon the great which I myself have built as a royal residence by the might of my power and for the glory of my majesty? While the word was in the king's mouth, a voice came from heaven saying, King Nebuchadnezzar, to you it is declared, sovereignty has been removed from you, and you will be driven away from mankind, and your dwelling place will be with the beasts of the field, and you will be given grass to eat like cattle. For seven periods of time will pass over you until you recognize that the Most High is ruler over the realm of mankind and bestows on it whomever he wishes. Immediately the word concerning Nebuchadnezzar was fulfilled, and he was driven away from mankind and began eating grass like cattle. 
and his body was drenched with the dew of heaven until his hair had grown like eagles' feathers and his nails like birds' claws. But at the end of that period, I, Nebuchadnezzar, raised my eyes towards heaven, and my reason returned to me, and I blessed the Most High, and praised and honored him who lives forever, for his dominion is an everlasting dominion, and his kingdom endures from generation to generation. All the inhabitants of the earth are accounted as nothing, but he does according to his will in the host of heaven and accord and among the inhabitants of the earth. And no one can ward off his hand or say to him, what have you done? At this time, my reason returned to me and my majesty and my splendor were restored to me for the glory of my kingdom. And my counselors and my nobles began seeking me out. So I was reestablished in my sovereignty and surpassing greatness was added to me. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise, exalt, and honor the, the King of heaven, and all his works are true, and his ways just, and he is able to humble those who walk in pride. So this seems to be Nebuchadnezzar's testimony of how he got saved. This is quite an, an, an interesting thing in the Bible, because he was a wicked king. He was very cruel, what he did. If we knew all of the things that he did to his enemies, the kind of king that he was, and his pride, we might not be so excited that he got humbled. It might be not so excited that God even extended him the opportunity to be humbled and to come to know him. But nonetheless, it was for God's glory, and God wanted him and all the kings of the earth and wanted all of us to know that he is the one who raises up kings, and he can do as he pleases with kings. That he, in an instant, he can transform them from the might of their power and their glory to a cow in the field eating grass. This is his power. They all boast of the power of Milcom and Molech and, and Astrath uh, and all of their great powerful gods that they think were having dominion over Yahweh because, after all, he had won the battle over Israel and had God had allowed them to take them captivity. And God said, I just want you to understand, you didn't beat them. I allowed it, and I'm allowing you to house them for a while to get them cured of their idolatry. And therefore, you need to understand who you're really dealing with. And so he gets this interesting uh, occasion to go insane or to go, yeah, there's a medical con condition for this when you study it. You, you find out that there's people this has happened to. There's even photos of people that have this, this kind of thing has happened to with their nails growing out and their hair becoming coarse and a different diet. <laughs> very interesting. Very, very interesting. But he did come back to his senses and obviously humbled. Obviously humbled. And now he calls him the, the, the only king, the holy one. So there's... There's a lot here going on with Nebuchadnezzar. He sees more stuff than we can even imagine. Or more so, it seems, than Pharaoh. And why God is doing all this with him, well, it all fits into his time plan with Daniel because they're in captivity. And he's going to bring them out. He's going to bless them and glorify them. They're going to come back to the land. And this all pre-types what's going to happen in the tribulation. Although the Antichrist is not going to get saved. He's not going to be given that kind of opportunity 
he's going to be coming to the height of his power and rebel against God, and God is going to destroy him at his glory at his coming. So that is uh, the second, well, not second, that's the fourth chapter of John, but there's much more to, to be seen with Nebuchadnezzar as we move through as the prophecy continues. Second and third John now. Verse 1, walk according to his commandments. The elder to the chosen lady and her children, whom I love in truth, and not only I, but also all who know the truth, for the sake of the truth which abides in us and will be with us forever. Grace, mercy, and peace will be with us from God the Father and from Jesus Christ, the Son of the Father, in truth and love. I was very glad to find some of your children walking in truth just as we have received commandment to do from the Father. Now I ask you, lady, not as though I were writing to you a new commandment, but the one which we have had from the beginning, that we love one another. And this is love, that we walk according to his commandments. This is the commandment, just as you have heard from the beginning, that you should walk in it. And many deceivers have gone out into the world, those who do not acknowledge Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh. This is the deceiver and the antichrist. Watch yourselves that you do not lose what you have accomplished, but that you may receive a full reward. Anyone who goes too far and does not abide in the teaching of Christ does not have God. And the one who abides in the teaching, he has both the Father and the Son. If anyone comes to you and does not bring this teaching... Do not receive him into your house. Do not give him a greeting. The one who gives him a greeting participates in his evil deeds. Therefore, I have many things to write to you. I do not want to do so with paper and ink, but I hope to come to you and speak face to face so that your joy may be made full. The children of your chosen sister greet you. Amen. Okay, well, would probably could just read on and it's going to be very similar, but let's just remember he's writing a personal letter to these ladies, thanking them, thanking them for their faithfulness. John had a very, very close relationship with the people around that he ministered to as he traveled, and he's encouraging them as he encouraged everybody to hold fast to the faith that they, that they first found when they first got saved. It's so important, the simplicity of the gospel that got you were saved by faith, and that God forgave you your sins and you're washed and you're cleansed. From that point on, don't let people come in and start confusing that and trying to tell you that you're not saved because you don't have this, you don't follow us, and and you don't have the true Jesus. You know the Jehovah Witnesses want to come in and tell you all about their interpretation of that Jesus, which is the archangel, which isn't deity. Same with the Mormons, who's some alien from a different planet. And he's saying, you know, if they don't bring the message of the gospel that you heard, don't let them in your house. I think there's a great opportunity for people that are trained in apologetics, that have a heart for the lost, that are the Mormons and JWs, that want to sit down and, and, and love them and tell them the truth. But for the majority of us, unless you have your mind and you have the time and you have the scriptures, it's not worth letting them in your house. And certainly not a Bible study with Jehovah's Witnesses. That's ridiculous. That is going, that you're opening yourself up there because they're coming in for the purpose of deceiving you and, and confusing you. 
of what the truth that you received. He's saying don't depart from the truth that you first received, the gospel you first received, which was Jesus died, was buried and rose again, came from God, born of a virgin, and was himself of the Godhead. He was deity, came, and he died on the cross for our sins. Doesn't have to be any more simple or complicated than that. Including the whole thing about do you have speaking tongues and you have spiritual gifts and are you exercising the gifts and are you really walking in the spirit and all this kind of stuff. Those are all secondary issues. They're not salvation issues. People come into the church and try and confuse you on all these things as they were doing in their day with the Gnostics who believed that Jesus was a man and Christ was a spirit that came upon the man. And therefore, they didn't believe in the gospel as was presented by the apostles. This is why they're writing the letters. Third letter of John, walk in the truth, kind of along that same line now. The elders to the beloved Gaius, whom I love in truth. Beloved, I pray that in all respects you may prosper and be in good health, just as your soul prospers. For I was very glad when brethren came and testified to your truth. That is how you were walking in truth. I have no greater joy than this to hear my children walking in the truth. Beloved, you are acting faithfully in whatever you accomplish for the brethren, and especially when they are strangers. And they have testified to your love before the church. You will do well to send them on their way in a manner worthy of God. When they went out for the sake of the name, accepting nothing from the Gentiles, therefore we ought to support such men so that we may be fellow workers with the truth. I wrote something to the church, but Diotrephes, who loves to be first among them, does not accept what I say. For this reason, if I come, I will call attention to his deeds, which he does, unjustly accusing us of wicked words. And not satisfied with this, he himself does not receive the brethren either, and he forbids those who desire to do so and puts them out of the church. Beloved, do not imitate what is evil, but what is good. The one who does good is of God. The one who does evil is, has not seen God. Demetrius has received a good testimony from everyone and from the truth itself. And we add our testimony. And you know that our testimony is true. I had many things to write to you, but I'm not willing to write them to you with pen and ink. But I hope to see you shortly. And we'll speak face to face. Peace to you all. Peace be with you. Friends greet you, greet the friends by name. So if I get the guys right, hopefully I said their names right. Diotrephes, I think he was the first guy that was doing all the bad stuff, and Demetrius was the good guy. Diotrephes was either a pastor or, a, or, or someone had a lot of rank in the church, a lot of power in the church. But how interesting that in those days, they had people in the church that were interested in power and sometimes just being um, somehow having everyone obey them. They wanted their own platform to do whatever they wanted to do. He wasn't following the scripture, wasn't following John. He was against John. How can you be against John? How can you be against the guy that walked with Jesus and wrote scripture, that planted the church? Yet he was. And basically it's a call to support missionaries. Hey, if there's missionaries, come bless them. Get behind them. They're doing a good work. And this guy didn't want to receive them. This guy wanted to argue with John. And again, many times these guys came in as Jews 
trying to bring people under the law, or they came into the Gentile world and they were Gnostics and they were trying to bring in this heresy of the, of the Gnostics and trying to pollute the church, destroy the church. And he said, man, if they don't have a love for God and they're coming against the, the work of God, they're not of God. And this is John calling a guy out directly in front of a church. A leader basically saying, don't listen to this guy. When I come, I'm going to deal with him. And so this is really important for us because we find out that these men had a really, really strong love for the church and a very strong sense of the purpose of the church and the guidelines within the church. And once you step outside those guidelines for the sake of the sheep, you are to be called out on it and you can be taken out of that position. There's just no ifs, ands, or buts. We're, John, mind, you know, we're engaged in a spiritual war, and these things were vital. All right, now, gift of strength, peace to bless. Gift of strength, peace to bless. I guess that's the name of it, strength, peace to bless. The Lord will give strength unto his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. David had just heard the voice of the Lord in a thunderstorm and had seen his power in the hurricane whose path he had described. And now in the cool, calm after the storm, that overwhelming power by which heaven and earth are shaken is promised to be the strength of the chosen. He who wings the unerring bolt will give to his redeemed the wings of eagles. He who shakes the earth with his voice will terrify the enemy and his saints will give his children peace. Why are we weak when we have divine strength to flee to? Why are we troubled when the Lord's own peace is ours? Jesus, the mighty God, is our strength. Let us put him on and go forth to our service. Jesus, our blessed Lord, is also our peace. Let us repose in him this day and end our fears. What a blessing to have him for our strength and peace, both now and forever. The same God who rides upon the storm in the days of tempest and also rule the hurricane of our tribulation and send us before long days of peace, we shall have strength from storms, the songs of fair weather. Let us begin to sing at once unto God our strength and our peace. Away, dark thoughts, up, faith and hope. Wow, there's some really, really good stuff there to be thinking about. Let's be up and have faith and hope in all that is going on in our lives and be trusting in him. And we need to be trusting in him in these days for sure. So we spend some time in prayer and be asking God to give us that strength, continue on and to be, to be faithful in the things that he's called us to do. There's much to be joyful for and there's much that we need to be praying about. So we have some specific prayer requests coming in. Renee just sent this in. Be praying for Darren, he says, who's in jail, for lack, I guess, of child support. I don't know what we're exactly praying for here, but we want to pray for for Darren and that he, um, you know, whatever goes going on with Darren, that God will continue to to be magnified in his life. Some of us go through the school of discipleship kind of hard, the hard way. <laughs> I was one of them. And it takes a lot to get our attention to be fully surrendered. So this seems to be something that um, Darren is going through. 
I assume you mean Darren here in town, Renee. Uh, that would be helpful. I, that's the only Darren I can think of. So we'll pray for him. Father God, thank you for our brother Darren, who who loves you, has a strong, strong heart for you, God. We know that he has uh, given his life over to you and was recently baptized and wants to do the right thing to follow you, Father, but apparently he's made some mistakes. And, and right now we he's in jail, and we pray that you would help him get out, help him that you would take care of the situation to get him out of jail so that uh, he might be set free and... Uh, and that might be able to discern why he was in jail, that you might use this, help him understand it's your way. As often as you put Israel in Babylon for a while, and sometimes you do that, sometimes you take us into captivity to help recenter our priorities and help us get our focus straight so that we can come out better for it. So we pray that for our brother right now. And for anyone else who's gone through some issues with the law, that if you're involved in legal issues, um, may you just be re- uh, actually freed up from those things, especially if they're unjust, that you be freed up from them, but that you'd be able to move through them quickly, and that you would might discern the reason why these things have happened, especially if you think that it might be the Lord trying to teach you something. So we pray for that, and we pray for those that are sick and hurting, that, that you bring your healing into them, especially those that right now that don't know you, that are around churches here, where my brothers and sisters are, different cities listening, the ones that are very confused about what's going on in the world, the condition of the world, and their place in it. May you continue to bring them close to you and use all my brothers and sisters that are listening right now as your instruments of peace to bring them into contact with them so they can be set free from their own bondage and come to know you. So many people we know that if we took the time to talk to them would tell us of the anxiety they're suffering. Father, so many of us that are believers forget because we have such joy, joy unspeakable, joy unimaginable. But but those who don't know you or those that are caught up in a lot of physical ailments and pain have so much they're dealing with. And so, God, we ask that you bring, come into their life and comfort them, come alongside them. And, God, you would whisper your love into their life, your forgiveness, your grace, and your mercy. And then, God, just bring them into the kingdom, heal their bodies, heal their hearts, and let us be an encouragement to them. And let us help love to be able to love one another. As Paul mentions in these letters in John, that we'd be brothers and sisters that care about one another. So thank you for the work that you are doing and uh, continuing to do uh, in all their lives. And I pray for, for Juan Carlos's continued healing, Maria Elena, in a big way, God, is she's not been able to come to church, so we know it must be difficult for her to get out of bed or do anything, God. Pray for Santa she'd be able to minister to her and take care of her well and get her all the medicine, the food that she needs, the comfort she needs. We pray that she not be in any pain, if at all that's possible, but that you would relieve it, God. And, Father, we pray for anyone else continuing their treatments, that they go well. 
they be done quickly. And for Abigail, God, that she's home now, pray that she might be able to eat, that Dean and Kim and the whole family might be able to share meals together, laugh together, that there might be times where there's just um, they can see a recovery happening, happening in a very difficult time. God, may you be in the midst of that. Guide them in their decisions for medical care. Uh, help them, God, to keep you in the center of all things and that your Holy Spirit would be healing and guiding and directing them. So we thank you for this day, God, and uh, what you will will be continuing to do uh, in church. And um, we thank you for it and ask you to bless the service this evening and guide us in your word, as you always do. In Jesus' name, amen. That will do it for this morning. Thank you guys for being with us. We will continue on tomorrow at the same time. And hopefully you can come tonight. If, you, if you're if you in town, come, come on over at 6.30. We'll see you there. If you're out of town, we'll see you online. God bless. Bye-bye.